Today is the second day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it is great to be here with you today as we get ourselves acclimated to our brand new month and get ourselves moved in. And moving forward leads us right to where we left off. Children of Israel have walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptian armies were not so fortunate. And the children of Israel, now on the other side of the Red Sea, have been singing songs of worship. That's where we pick up the story with the end of what they are singing. Exodus chapter 15, verse 19 through 17 verse 17 today for the horses of Pharaoh came with his chariots and his footmen into the sea and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them but the Israelites walked on dry land in the middle of the sea Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a hand drum in her hand, and all the women went out after her with hand drums and with dances. Miriam sang in response to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses led Israel to journey away from the Red Sea. They went out to the wilderness of Shur, walked for three days into the wilderness, and found no water. Then they came to Mara, but they were not able to drink the waters of Mara because they were bitter. That is why its name was Mara. So the people murmured against Moses, saying, What can we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When Moses threw it into the water, the water became safe to drink. There the Lord made for them a binding ordinance, and there he tested them. He said, If you will diligently obey the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, and pay attention to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, then all the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians I will not bring on you. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the water. When they journeyed from Elim, the entire company of Israelites came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their exodus from the land of Egypt. The entire company of Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people will go out and gather the amount for each day so that I may test them. Will they walk in my law or not? 
On the sixth day they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather every other day. Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your murmurings against the Lord. As for us, what are we that you should murmur against us? Moses said, You will know this when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in the morning to satisfy you, because the Lord has heard your murmurings that you are murmuring against him. As for us, what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Tell the whole community of the Israelites, Come before the Lord, because he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole community of the Israelites, and they looked toward the wilderness, there the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud, and the Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the murmurings of the Israelites. Tell them, During the evening you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be satisfied with bread, so that you may know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening the quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning a layer of dew was all around the camp. When the layer of dew had evaporated, there on the surface of the wilderness was a thin flaky substance, thin like frost on the earth. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Because they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you for food. This is what the Lord has commanded. Each person is to gather from it what he can eat, an omer per person, according to the number of your people. Each one will pick it up for whoever lives in his tent. The Israelites did so, and they gathered, some more, some less. When they measured with an omer, the one who gathered much had nothing left over, and the one who gathered little lacked nothing. Each one had gathered what he could eat. Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some kept part of it until morning, and it was full of worms and began to stink. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it each morning, each person according to what he could eat, and when the sun got hot, it would melt. And on the sixth day they gathered twice as much food, two omers per person, and all the leaders of the community came and told Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a time of cessation from work, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Whatever you want to bake, bake today. Whatever you want to boil, boil today. Whatever is left, put aside for yourselves to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until the morning, just as Moses had commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the area. Six days you will gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. 
On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather it, but they found nothing. So the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to obey my commandments and my instructions? See, because the Lord has given you the Sabbath, that is why he is giving you food for two days on the sixth day. Each of you stay where you are. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed and was white and it tasted like wafers with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill an omer with it to be kept for generations to come so that they may see the food I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out from the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer full of manna and place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. Just as the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the Ark of the Testimony for safekeeping. Now the Israelites ate manna forty years until they came to a land that was inhabited. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. The whole community of the Israelites traveled on their journey from the wilderness of Sin, according to the Lord's instruction, and they pitched camp in Rephidim. Now there was no water for the people to drink. So the people contended with Moses, and they said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people were very thirsty there for water, and they murmured against Moses and said, Why in the world did you bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, What will I do with this people? A little more and they will stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go over before the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing before you there on the rock in Horeb and you will strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. And Moses did so in plain view of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the contending of the Israelites and because of their testing the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Matthew 22, 1-33 Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to summon those who had been invited to the banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, the feast I have prepared for you is ready. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they were indifferent and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. 
The rest seized his slaves, insolently mistreated them, and killed them. The king was furious. He sent his soldiers, and they put those murderers to death and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but the ones who had been invited were not worthy. So go into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. And those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the wedding guests, he saw a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wearing wedding clothes? But he had nothing to say. Then the king said to his attendants, Tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went out and planned together to entrap him with his own words. They sent to him their disciples along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You do not count anyone's favor because you show no partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus realized their evil intentions and said, Hypocrites, why are you testing me? Show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. Jesus said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. He said to them, Then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Now when they heard this, they were stunned, and they left him and went away. The same day, Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and father children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The second did the same, and the third, down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they had all married her. Jesus answered them, You are deceived, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were amazed at his teaching. Psalm 27, 1-6 By David The Lord is my light and my salvation. I fear no one. 
The Lord protects my life. I am afraid of no one. When evil men attack me to devour my flesh, when my adversaries and enemies attack me, they stumble and fall. Even when an army is deployed against me, I do not fear. Even when war is imminent, I remain confident. I have asked the Lord for one thing. This is what I desire. I want to live in the Lord's house all the days of my life so I can gaze at the splendor of the Lord and contemplate in His temple. He will surely give me shelter in the day of danger. He will hide me in His home. He will place me on an inaccessible rocky summit. Now I will triumph over my enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices in His dwelling place and shout for joy. I will sing praises to the Lord. Proverbs 6, 20-26 My child, guard the commands of your father and do not forsake the instruction of your mother. Bind them on your heart continually. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake up, they will talk to you. For the commandments are like a lamp. Instruction is like a light. And rebukes of discipline are like the road leading to life. By keeping you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the loose woman, do not lust in your heart for her beauty and do not let her captivate you with her alluring eyes. For on account of a prostitute, one is brought down to a loaf of bread. But the wife of another man preys on your precious life. All right, so in the book of Exodus now, the children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea and the Egyptians are dealt with. And so... Now they have to deal with the wilderness and they are not being led the short way toward the promised land. They are being led into the open wilderness. Let's just let that sink in. They are not being led the short route. It's not a route that will be good for them. They are not prepared for it. They are being led into the wilderness. As we watch this story uh, begin to unfold before us, we will notice that the wilderness is the backdrop for the story. This is where they are. And we need to understand that it's not only this historical retelling of the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, but it's also the backdrop to investigate our own wilderness seasons of life. And we do everything that we can to avoid the wilderness, except embrace it, usually. Like, go through it. But what we're going to find in the story of the children of Israel is that the wilderness completely transforms their identity. 
so that they don't have all kinds of struggles and that they didn't always have all kinds of struggles. But a very important thing has to happen. And the wilderness is the place that it happens. And that is that this people who had a promise over them, who have flourished, have gone centuries in slavery, 430 years. So they were in slavery for centuries. And so no one alive knew anything else but slavery. This was their lot in life. This was their identity. God coming and rescuing them and bringing them into the wilderness is to transform in part that identity of slavery and replace it with that of chosen, selected by God for a purpose and a mission, which is to reveal him to all nations. And so there are some practical things that have to be learned in that transformation while they were in slavery, they were working all the time, certainly, but provisions were being provided. And so we see that one of the first lessons that they learn in the wilderness is that uh, there's no water, there's no food, what do we do? And they begin to grumble, and we even hear them kind of murmuring, wow, you guys... You remember when we could sit around the pots of food when we were slaves in Egypt? It was so awesome to be a slave back then. And so like they're they're looking back at who they were and longing for the ease of being a slave. Because it's hard to be on your own in the wilderness when you don't know where the provision is going to be coming from. And we watch God teach them these first wilderness lessons. I will supply your needs. I will take care of you. But you are in a place where only I can provide. So you will know it is me that is sustaining you. If we're going to do this covenant people thing, then your job is to reveal me and you will have to do that by actively and openly and utterly trusting in me and where I lead and direct you. And so this is like one of the first things that they learn as they go into the open wilderness is that they are utterly dependent upon God and we watch them bucking against that and we realize oh my goodness this is my story too I do the same things I need to learn the same lessons and so may we embrace all of the wilderness journey that we are going into with Moses and the children of Israel but may we begin to open our hearts to the fact that this story is reading back to us our own story in so many ways. And there's so much for us. And so let's learn these lessons of the wilderness. Nobody likes to be in the wilderness, but everybody 
faces it. And so what do we do with it? Do we do everything we can to get out of it or do we embrace the fact that it is shaping us and is necessary because some of the things that we have put our trust in need to be shaken loose and in the wilderness there is no way to survive. I've been in that wilderness. We will be in that wilderness in mere days and you cannot survive out there. Not with that many people. And so... May we learn what's going on here. That our first wilderness lesson is to understand that our source is God and we are utterly dependent upon Him, whether we realize it or not. But realizing it sets us free. It frees us up to know like, I don't have to take care. I am on a mission and God is my source. And so, Father, we invite you into that. We, we all can relate to this. We have all faced challenge and hardship and suffering in some way or another. We've all gone through what we would call the wilderness. And some of us are in the middle of it right now. And some of us are heading into it and some of us are heading out of it. But it's all a part of our story. And there are profound lessons that we discover when we're walking through these seasons. So help us as we walk through our own seasons to walk through this with the children of Israel and see what you are doing and how they are responding and how so much we find ourselves kind of in the same place. Wasn't it awesome when we were in slavery? We could have all these things. When you are leading us forward and inviting us to grow up and move into something new, something more expansive, something deeper that draws us deeper into relationship with you and into the story that you are telling through us. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. It is the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here. And so certainly check it out. I mentioned yesterday about a brand new resource in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Uh, the, the brand new Daily Audio Bible snapback hats with the Halloween leather patches on the front, as well as the Daily Audio Bible beanies that also have the leather patch on them as well. And so we have a couple of colors. We have a, a gray and white option. I love very much. I didn't expect to, but I love it very much. And then the all black option, and then gray beanies and black beanies. While supplies last, you can find them in the daily audio Bible shop. I've been looking for a, a much better edition to, the, uh, to our hats that we've had over the years and these are our favorites and so we're looking forward to those being out in the world and you can find them in the Daily Audio Bible Shop and the Lifestyle section so check that out if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible if this mission to bring the spoken word of God read fresh every day and offered freely to anyone who will listen 
anywhere on this planet, any time of day or night. And to build community around that rhythm, just showing up here every day around the global campfire, if that's life-giving to you, then thank you for your partnership. There's a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hey, Dab fam. This is Beloved in Texas, and I just want to pray for the mom. I cannot remember what you called yourself, but the mom who called in about anger and yelling at her kids. Girl... If there's a mom out there who hasn't been there, I'd like to meet her. Um, I understand completely. And it is extremely frustrating when you're trying to, I kind of equate it to like having a handful of helium balloons and each one is a responsibility. And it feels like you are just constantly losing one and running after it and grabbing it. And once you've got that one, another one's floated off out of reach. And I understand. All that to say, I understand. So, Father, we just lift up this woman, and we also lift up all the other moms who are dealing with this, Lord. And we just ask that you just bring supernatural peace to our hearts. Help us to have patience with our kids, Father. Give us, allow us to discipline in wisdom and love and not out of anger and frustration. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit but that your Holy Spirit can whisper in our ear the steps that we need to take when we feel like we are just overwhelmed or we're frustrated by all of the things that have happened in the day. Thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit to lead us and comfort us and guide us in Jesus' name. This is Living by Grace, and I just heard some prayer requests on January 24th um, podcast and just two women who, oh, the brokenness that they've had in their life and what they're experiencing just broke my heart. And I'm praying with both of you. One was a lady who um, had an eye injury and found the dab because she wanted to read her Bible and can't right now and lost her son to an overdose. And she's now lost all of her children. And I can't even imagine the pain that comes with that. And so, God, I just pray you lift her up, Lord, that you'd bring healing to her body as she has heart issues and this eye issue, Lord, and that through these struggles and this deep pain that she has, Lord, that you would hold her up and draw her near to you. And I pray for her as she has had a burden on her heart to minister to others who are grieving, Lord, and that you would um, bind up her broken heart and that she can offer comfort to others. And then there was another lady who called in, and I don't remember her name, but she um, is just broken and bitter and compared herself to Naomi, who came back and said, call me Mara because I'm no longer happy and blessed and bitter. And I just pray, Lord, 
God, the enemy is fighting against her and her soul. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would break through that bitterness, that hardness, that hatred in her heart, and that you would make her new, Lord, that you restore joy to her soul and her heart. God, you can do that. Only you can do that. And I pray that that would be so. I thank you that she's found the dab, Lord. I thank you that she called in and that she asked for prayer, Lord. That shows that her heart is still for you. Um, she wants to grow in you. She wants to have this bitterness taken away. And God, I pray you do that. I pray in the name of Jesus. I plead your blood over both of these women. Um, Good morning, Dabbers. It is Monday, January 30th. I am in Southwest Florida. So the weather's gorgeous right now. It's perfect this time of year. Um, I hope this day finds you all well. I am calling in to ask for prayer for my daughter, Sarah. Sarah is someone who does believe that God exists, but she doesn't really have a relationship with him. Doesn't really uh, know Jesus and really doesn't like the fact that I'm a born-again Christian. So we've been sort of estranged from one another, uh, for lack of a better word, since 2009 when I embraced Jesus. Um, I just need some prayer for her. My daughter is 34, lives alone, works from home, has become quite isolated and depressed and anxious and suffering panic attacks and all of a sudden realizing how lonely she is and just a whole laundry list of things that every mother dreads to hear. Um, I kind of knew this would happen eventually. I just wasn't expecting it. I guess we never really are, but I went and spent five days with her while she had a nervous breakdown, I guess, for lack of a better explanation. I don't know what else to call it. Not sleeping, not eating, uh, racing thoughts, um, nausea, gagging, puking, dry heaving, you name it, all of those things associated with very high anxiety. So please just pray for Sarah. Please pray that she can begin to heal now that we spent five days together purging and crying and talking and laughing and joking and cleaning and organizing. Please just pray for Sarah and thank you all so much. I love this community. Blessings on this Monday. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible Davos. My name is Comfort and I'm calling from the United Kingdom. Today is the 30th of January. And it just so happens to be my birthday as well. I'm just calling to say a big thank you to this podcast. It's really helped me over the years since I've been a listener. And I'm just so grateful for all the prayers that I hear. You know, I pray along as well. And I'm just so thankful for the word itself and how, um, Brian, how you really digest the word and you break it down into ways that is easy to understand. I just want you guys to just continue to pray that God would excel and grow this ministry even further. And if you're led to pray for me as well, please do. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Have a lovely, lovely day. Bye. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Olivia from Michigan. Um, this is my fourth year listening and my first time ever calling in. I'm just calling today to ask for prayers for my dad. He's been in horrible pain for so many years now and been to so many doctors and nobody can figure out what's wrong with him. Um, and it's just really hard to watch him in so much pain. Um, and I'm, I really believe that the only person that can
can heal him is God. So I just wanted to call and ask for prayers. Please keep him in your thoughts and just hope he gets better. Thanks.